welcome to Life Bearings, where three Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. I'm Brittany Lysing. And I'm Lena Newman. And this is <laughs> because life is hard so pair with alcohol or books or documentaries or recruiting strangers to sell products <laughs> <laughs> so i just buy three thousand dollars worth of product sell it easily to my friends and family and make tons of money oh i have to get them to sell it too okay so who is actually buying the products Oh, the job is the product. Wait, what? <laughs> As today's life pairing is MLMs with 8-Ball Cocktail. Woo! We discuss polyethylene, trust-based fraud, and short position. Ooh. Awesome. That sounds like a baseball reference. There. It does. <laughs> it sounds like shortstop. What the hell are we yeah, talking like, about? What Christ is going on? Uh, uh, this was a suggestion by Lena this week. Yeah, dude. I like this. <laughs> I think I'd Any, seen uh, too many ads like on Instagram and I was like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, Man, it's so everything. It used to be just like Tupperware and then Avon and now it's fucking leggings, sportswear. Yeah. Sports drinks. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like so much makeup and dude, mm. tea tree oil or whatever the oil, essential oh, oils. Yeah, like, essential oils. It's crazy. It's like whatever you could think to sell and then claim it medically will help you. People are like, mm-hmm. yeah, try this. It'll change your life. And they're like, I don't yeah. know if it will, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're it will convincing. change it, but not for the better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, does somebody have like an explanation of what a um, multi-level marketing? Are they called businesses? I don't know what. What's the last part of that sentence? Oh. Yeah, market. What is it? Marky. Marky. Market level. Multi. Marky level. Marky level. You might have to edit that too. Uh, mar- multi. Actually, don't matter. Multi-level marketing. 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 So, multi-level marketing. Is the term that refers to a strategy by some district sales companies to sell products and services. MLM encourage existing members to promote and sell the offerings to the individuals and bring on new recruits to the business. So that's like the baseline description of what an MLM is. Right. Right. Which is a pyramid scheme. What they're commonly known as is a pyramid scheme. Yeah. It's because, like I said in my little shitty intro, it's. The product is not the point. It's the distribution. Yeah, it's, it's is the, that kind of what it is? I think it's the recruitment. Yeah. Yeah. So you like, you can, as long as you recruit like five or six people a month or whatever they say, you don't even need to sell product. Right. Well, okay. So you're only thing, really but... making money if you recruit a bunch of people and they're selling like a little bit of product, then you're, you're making money. Right. That's what, what I understand. The like basics of this is called a gifting circle, I believe, where you just and it used to be women that did it. It ended up being part of some HBO um, murder mystery thing. 
can't remember. But anyways, <laughs> you show up to somebody's house with like $5,000 and then based on what level you got in on these parties, you would get a certain cut. Yeah. But right. it would always involve getting more money. So that's all it is. It's, At least yeah. in that situation, you're getting money. <laughs> like you're getting a cut of money, I suppose. But right. Well, that... But that's like specific to those gifting circles too, because there's mm-hmm. like like uh, the the other types of things like Arbon and all this other things. Like they're not making. There's no like gift being given. No, is there? No. I guess the sh- you have a lot of lipstick. Yeah, you could. I or think you get, shakes. You always get extra <laughs> right. parties. Like I can remember like jewelry parties. People would host jewelry parties. Now oh, I've only like, been to a sex toy party. Sex toy parties, know. yeah. <laughs> and the big the big win is like mm. that you get a you get a discount on that and then you make a percentage and then you have to recruit people to then have the parties and then you get a percentage of their parties. Yeah. So it's like it, it it's psychotic because your whole life is then turned into just looking at your friends and being like how much money could I make off you? Yeah. It's true, yeah. And I think they rely on that a lot as part of the scheme is like you're buying stuff from your friend. So they're telling you like this is the greatest thing you could possibly have. Yeah, and you should get in on it. So but it's also like scheming your friends. There's um oh, totally. a really good podcast, which sorry, I'll come back to you guys after. Hold on, sorry. Um I nope. think it's called The Dream. Um and they go through MLMs and they interview a lot of people. And I mean, it's unfortunately, it's like heartbreaking. Because oh, yeah, for sure. The fact is, is that, you know, once like I only have a couple of friends. If I make you guys get into a situation, I then what do I do then? Oh, it's called the dream. Um, okay. Right. Like you run out of people. What if I'm only friends with people that don't have any friends? Then I'm fucked. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Well, yeah, like, you would literally make no money. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so this you're marketing is... your or your your uh, monetizing your friends and your number yeah, of which friendships, is, which the top of the pyramid then relies on is yeah. that everybody will branch out. Like the whole thing of like, well, every person's probably got a network of like a hundred people that they could get to. That's essentially what they tell you. Your network is bigger than you think it is. Start reaching out to like second cousins. And (laughs) I have have in all sincerity received emails from second cousins being like, hey, I'm selling this new thing. Do you, would you like to be involved in it? I've been invited to like, hey, I'm I'm part of a new business thing. And they ask us to bring a friend and I've gone and I've like just a lot of different things where I'm like, yo, like I just got to start saying no to this shit because you know what it is. And you're like, I don't want to buy it. Whatever the thing is you're trying to get me to buy, I don't want to buy. And I'm like, I don't understand what this, and they'll always phrase it differently. They'll always say like, you know, some of the different words for this are like, uh, network marketing, uh, direct selling, referral marketing. Uh, like, so they use all kinds of different, they'll be like, oh, we're, yeah, d- direct selling uh, company. And sometimes, right. here's, this is where it gets sort of cloudy. If there is a customer base for that product, there's nothing wrong being done. Right. Because essentially you are selling product to a customer. 
it's yeah. then when you don't have a consumer base and you're selling product to distributors so like us who would buy it yeah, and then try to sell it to and- our friends and then can't offload the product yeah that's the only time and that it could be prosecuted as a felony right but mm-hmm. which that is kind of what happens because who are you going to sell to if you're trying to get all your friends in on this business yeah that's your base your your customer you've just yeah. turned them into a distributor so then yeah basically so all those then... people are your competition yeah so you there you have no market Right. No. And there's no, like, for for everyone to make money on, like, a pyramid scheme like Arbonne, which I'm not, I'm really not knocking it. Like, I know people that sell I'll it. I'll knock Arbonne. I lost a friend to Arbonne. No, fair <laughs> enough. No, I mean, it's stupid. I don't like it. But it is a legit thing. Some people can be very True. successful. Yeah, but, sure. Um, sure. Yeah. but you were yeah, going to say to be for everyone to make money? Yeah, for everyone to make money on this, you'd have to recruit, like, the whole world. Oh yeah. Well, and, and you just you can't like I think yeah, it's there it's impossible. No like it can be yeah. Yeah, the higher ups they will make money, and that money mm-hmm. is real. But the per- percentage yeah. of people that get to that like president or vice regional president or whatever is really well, they small. They always have some like insane name for like yeah. the the people. They're always like, oh, she's the uh, double vice ex distributor from Sacramento, <laughs> and she takes care of the valley. And you're just like, what are you talking about? You're yeah. like, that's Deb, and she has two friends named Janet and Sally that she fucking oversees, and they're pissed. Um, <laughs> So and they're no crazy. longer friends. And they're yeah. not pumped about this because now they have $300 worth of products sitting in their garage. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So uh, did you guys want to dive in a little bit to the psychology of this? Yeah. Before we go too further, too, just to, we did, um, I think Lena mentioned Madoff. So like the pyramid scheme in its more technical sense is if you are investing into a business and they are paying out. Yeah money uh they're paying out other people new people putting money into this account let's say or into this investment so you're not there's not also in this situation there is no product there if the thing is not invested in in anything externally it's just getting new people to pay out the old people right it's a promise of like getting money but there's nothing you're not buying anything so right. that's a felony that you have to sell. Right. A yes, that's a le- That's like a Ponzi scheme. That's yeah. the illegal one. <laughs> but um, but it's the same. It is and it isn't. And like this a- is where they draw the line. The, like I was looking into what what the difference is and why mm-hmm. is it more like what is illegal and what isn't. Here's the problem. It's none of this is illegal. It's case based law. So they essentially have to prove fraud. And unless you are being fraudulent, like saying there's something that's there and it's not, and selling essentially error, you can't prosecute it because they've done nothing wrong. And it was all sort of above the table. It was all like, and if there's a customer base, you are selling a product. So now essentially you can't prosecute promises that were broken. So 
that's that's what they try to decipher in court when these things are tried and they're often tried is Mm -hmm. what is the difference between um like a multi-level marketing company who uses this tactic and somebody who is fraudulently taking money from people and not giving them anything back right okay and that takes a fine line like it is they said to just build a case sometimes is a 10-year process because it just that you have to prove it over and over and over and over and over again and unless they're being flagrant about it it's hard to prove like i mean as a if you if you buy the stuff and you don't sell it i mean you could say the same thing about like getting into the restaurant business or like any kind of business right so therefore i guess then it is legal because like you said there's a product to sell it's just that you didn't do a very good job at it yeah that's and that's essentially what they're banking on is that you'll buy into this idea that you will be successful yeah so it's like okay you're you uh, that's essentially what people are buying into they're like well what is the line of success here like how do i get to the top of this and they sort of lay it out in a they're not telling the truth about what the the numbers and statistics are of people being successful of it but they're showing you like well you could if you sold a hundred units a day to every person you know (laughs) yeah 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 of whatever yeah they just um, it seems super easy and it's not it's it's really difficult it costs you a lot of money yeah to get started you have to have like a certain amount of inventory so you have to keep buying stuff yeah basically forever (laughs) and if you can't move it you're out thousands and thousands of dollars exactly yeah and you keep doing it because you're promised oh you know if you buy this that other kit, that... you know, you'll get money. Like you'll, you'll make money eventually. And it's like, you won't to a lot of people. And what is, what is that? Uh, some input falsity or whatever. Damn it. What do we always call it? The fallacy. Uh, Which? Ah. Didn't we talk about that? Yeah. And I didn't know some... what it meant. <laughs> so don't ask me. <laughs> I don't know why I can never zero sum fallacy. Okay. So it's, uh, that thing where um, you have put in so much that you cannot turn back now. Right. This is, yeah. and this is how I currently feel about my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> like every time I have to fix something on it, I go, there's no turning back. I have to drive this 2001 Jetta forever because I keep putting like a thousand dollars into it. I'm just like, that. that's yeah. another five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's what it feels like. There's like, you've put too much into it and there's an embarrassment. There's no turning back. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so I think that... there is, in a way, I think people do, even if they're in like incredible debt, they believe in the product. Like some mm. people are kind of like brainwashed, right? Like, Absolutely. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of similarities um, between cults and pyramid schemes. Um, yeah, Ooh, I can see good. that. Absolutely. This is exciting. Are you going to talk? Is that the psychology part? This is this. This is the psychology part. I love a cult. <laughs> Not, I don't love a cult, but I, you know, I'm fascinated by the reason that uh, people would join a cult. I'm fascinated yeah, exactly. by that brainwashing exactly. because you know what? I think there's part of me that is just like 
yeah, I I see what happened in your brain that this happened. And I always feel like I'm two steps away from it. Like, I 100%. always feel like I'm yeah. two steps away from living on a farm and selling beads at a farmer's market <laughs> and having to fuck a guy named Jerry uh, on yeah. one day of the week. <laughs> intelligent people that get into these situations it's not it's nothing to do that that it's just that you know it's time we you know and we talked about too with with debt too like it's just a weird brain time weird brain time weird totally but i agree with you Britt. i'm the perfect candidate as well yeah because i I wouldn't for a cult (laughs) (laughs) i'd be recruited in a hot minute for sure if you offered me a blanket solution to all of my problems and i was just in enough despair to like buy into it Mm -hmm. which i can Mm -hmm. honestly say happens at least once a week um but nobody offers me a blanket solution so i just keep on a plug-in but it's I just, just buy like makeup and stuff or like I just bought a duvet cover because things aren't going well. And that's going to fix things, right? Sometimes it does, man. Carla, <laughs> Carla became an Arbonne advisor in the last 20 minutes. She's like, what I'm trying to tell you guys is the, there is a product that will fix every... <laughs> She's like, it's <laughs> a face cream. Yeah. She's like, it's a subscription More than the one you get at Sephora. It's a subscription Patreon. With life pairings. Ooh, yeah, let's get life. into that. Damn. Ooh, yeah. I could get into that hot ticket. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, so no, so there is there is a lot of similarities between uh, just the cult psychology as well, like in just in a, um, sort of recruiting people and keeping them in and all this. And essentially what it is, is is like the, they prey on vulnerable people, not stupid people, vulnerable people. So people who yes, are- exactly are in need of something in their life. So it provides them with uh, a goal. So you can't work. You're at home. You you've got kids. Hey, we've got an opportunity here for you. You can make money at home. You could, you could take your kids to school every day and you can make money at home so that they suck you in like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like what, what the zero, what did you call it? The zero, why can't zero we remember sum this? fallacy. I'm gonna write this down in some hand because we use it so much <laughs> in this podcast. I'm gonna call this podcast. <laughs> it's a new zero drinking sum thing. Fallacy. Drink if we say zero sum <laughs> fallacy. It's just you can't. So they buy into this, and and at first, honestly, they're like, okay, like I don't know about you guys, if you, but if you've ever started a new job, for me personally, I like getting all the stuff. Like I'm like, even if it's like a uniformed job, like I can remember working at Safeway and being like, ooh, new uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like put it on and I'd be like, ooh, like I like to be a part of things. Like I like that feeling of like, oh, well, you I'm said joining the same thing about team. when you when you joined the curling league with us. I say, yeah, that's exactly yeah. who I am. Yeah. I don't well, necessarily. The curling league enjoy- is fucking dope. So, of course, she would yeah. be pretty excited. <laughs> of course I'm always like, oh, I like to buy the thing and get involved and mm. do the, you know, it's it's insane. But that that is, uh, you know, so that it's in a beginning of excitement. So, like, let's say they're like, okay, you need to invest two thousand dollars, but you can make ten thousand dollars in your first three months. Right. Well, if you need that money, or if you're at home and you're not seeing any, like, you're not working and you want to be part of something, all of that sounds pretty great. Mm. So they suck you in that way. Um. Now, for people even buying that product or being sucked into the distributorship, it's uh, one thing they said that the that the essentially like the top level people at the pyramid or the CEOs or whoever owns this company is cashing in on is a thing called trust based fraud, and that essentially means that 
people are far more likely to be frauded or lied to or buy into something from somebody they trust. So uh, if, and they're not big lies. They're like, hey, try this cream for 50 bucks. And you're, yeah. it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And you're like, okay, well, I'll try it. And you buy it. And so it's easier for, it's easier for me to sell you something than a store clerk to sell you something because you trust me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we do anyways, just as a society. We're like, oh, I just got this really cool pillowcase or something. You know? Yeah, or- yeah like word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's how they we rely on that a lot. It's, it's all like word of mouth and, you know, your friends or your aunt or. Yeah, you're like. So you trust this- it. Totally. Yeah, the, that's like essentially how we like communicate. It's like, oh, what, oh, where'd you get those shoes? They're great. They're waterproof. Where'd you get them? Oh, this website. Check it out. And what, yeah. like, I the number of like suggestions I've bought from friends being like, hey, this is my favorite thing. Check this out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is great. So they're just sort of relying on that. Um, now, the the reason that people stick it out, um, or even like get past that first little part and keep trying to sell and keep trying to buy this product is essentially like you're locked into it for starters. So financially, like the per- you purchase all this stuff and the only way you can make income is to continue purchasing it from the the distrib- like the the people, the company. So you as a distributor have to buy it to make the money and then you sell it, right? So you're constantly locked into this buying thing. And right. the psychology behind that is that they're sort of painting out this clear path to success for you. They're saying, look, if you just follow these rules, if you just follow this chart, you can, it's like, it's essentially like what Scientology is. <laughs> right. Like it's like, follow <laughs> this path, buy these things. You are going to go to the Uber ship or whatever the fuck. And yep. it's just like, <laughs> your Xenons will be able to. Yeah, from your hat, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How <Just> fun! <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, ooh, I'm like, ooh, I want to go to Z Bob's house. Yeah, um, <laughs> I sound fucking. But also dope. back to like, but also you're, you're trusting that your friend didn't screw you over when you they said get into this business. Yeah, you're you're trusting. Well, that you're and they're lying to you, but they do, yeah. they kind of don't know they're lying to you because they're like, well, I just think that I will be successful doing this, and the way right. I can be successful is if you join. So if you join, then I'm successful, and then you'll be successful because you'll get somebody else. Like, it's not really a right. a lie you're aware you're telling to your friends because you're just like you sort of believe it, and yeah, that's right. that's where they're cashing in on sort of the human psychology. And what the sort of most deceptive aspect of of this whole thing is the conveyance that, you know, there's a notion that there's a path to success and that path is noble because you're, you're essentially winning at the end. You're, and you're selling people these products they absolutely need. So you buy into the brainwashing, like you're in it. You're like, yeah, you gotta, if you, you know, the, the cream will cure anything, you know, and people like, I've talked to people selling essential oils and they've been like, have you ever drank eu- eucalyptus? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, dear God, no, never. go to the hospital. I was like, I have an esophagus disorder. I can't drink eucalyptus. They <laughs> will also end up with a esophagus, esophagus yeah, like, It's insane. Like, continue doing that. 
they're just like or like i had a cousin selling it to me and she was like hey rub this on under your nose before you go to bed and you won't have allergies and i was just like i like i just because she gives you samples i was like okay yeah. and i like did it and i'm like yeah. i think i'm allergic to this fucking oil <laughs> like i ended up in the emergency room last night thanks yeah. i was like yo my nose nice passageway you closed got rid of your um you know your allergies just by sniffing something underneath your nose for a night that would be great. and again this it is would be and that that's what it is it's like people are yeah. it's They're desperation passionate. like people do anything and for those who don't uh, know me or see me i'm i'm a person who is terribly allergic to things and i'm i have Brittany terrible should live in a bubble that's i should live kind of I'm terrible she's the original bubble, <laughs> bubble boy the, the original <laughs> bubble boy uh, i am constantly on my inhaler like i'm always so like I've had the number of people who have been like, drink this tea, put this cream on, do this, and you won't have eczema or have allergies. And I'm always like, part of me believes it a little because I need to because I'm yeah. like, oh, maybe there's a something that'll help. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what it is. So it's 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 this it's the kind of the trust circle that that they're cashing in on. And um, well, and and also the- it, it's kind of probably really nice that they're like, well, I'm working, but I'm not working for like the man. I'm not working for some CEO that I don't yeah. know who's not going to give me, yeah. you know, who's making me work shitty hours for little pay. Like I work at McDonald's or something, right? Like it, it's kind of like con- the um, like the American dream. Like they sell that. Yes. Yeah. Like Absolutely. you work for yourself. You'll have time for your family. You'll make a million dollars. You'll get a car. Yes. You'll get like, trips to Mexico and cruises for your whole family. And, and some people do reach that level, right? Yeah, yeah there's got to be. Like, in all people of this do. Like, that's not a lie. But the majority of people that are involved yeah. in these, that is not a reality at all. Like, they still have to work people, their jobs. They don't get any of the perks. But people also win and the Lena, lottery, And Lena, I think too, you're totally so. right. That's true. Lena, I think you're totally right. That's like, but that's what the American dream is too. Is is not only all of those things, but you see, you see the majority of people not doing well, and you think I'm the guy that will. I'm the yeah. one that will. Right. I think that's yeah. like part of that American dream. Like, is yeah, like, like I can see sling this like, product. Like, yeah, Lena, I I think Lena was right there. Like that that American dream. Yes, thing of course like, I was. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah back to that Say the it thing is though you said. sell this dream you sell it and it sounds so good and it sounds so easy and i understand completely how people get sucked into it because yeah, so yeah. you just think and like sometimes yeah like um i think carly you were saying like um you know you spend a minimum of three grand yeah as an investment and that's that's a lot of money to a lot of people very much yeah but like, if people are yeah. like if someone's telling you like oh just spend the bare minimum on this product you'll be able to push it and yeah and they put the responsibility of money like they put the responsibility on you too like you're saying Brittany. like it's it's there's a very clear path how do you can do this so it's on you yeah. if you don't succeed that's exactly it's it like- it's like you signed up for this and anyone can do this but if you don't, then it is, it's your fault. Like we yeah. gave you all of the tools. And then if you don't make money at the end of the month, which most people don't, it's yeah. on you. It's your fault. Yeah. 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 That's essentially, that's, that is the whole scheme. So it's like, we just, can't, it's, it's, it's almost the perfect way to get anybody to do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, like, like the perfect build- con without being a con. Well, it's kind of yeah. a con. It's a moral like, con. 
it's like building you up, yeah, giving is. you giving you the tools and then watching you fail because that's I mean, you would you have to be absolutely just um socially not give a fuck because you're invading into your friends' lives. You're yeah. calling people, you're telling them about it, you're showing up at their houses, you're you have to be a real salesman, which actually, like, being a good salesman is not a common trait. So no, to just think exactly. that anybody anybody who's out of a job and wants to take their kids to school can sell an entire, like, you have oh. to be, there's some skill to, you know, uh, s- selling to people. It's a, it's not Absolutely. an easy, an easy thing. So yeah. it is, yeah. So it's all in all, I mean, uh, psychologically, you guys, uh, the worst. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, can you, I don't know if you have any information on this, but there is the whole like support group and that oh. you kind of do become part of this culty group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. With and that's the, another the thing. Holidays and stuff. And the, well, oh, and also just that about, well, like you're, you're in this kind of crew then like there is like a little crew formed and you all have meetings and you all. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like you're. Yeah. You're kind of hacking. You're all hacking. You kind of turn shit. into like all your friends are also like distributors. Yeah. And it's like all you do. And it's, yeah. But then you have like a support system of other people that are trying to do the same thing as you. And so that can be very addictive. I, I, it is. Literally. Yeah. Because that, but then you're trying to, you know, I mean, I, I, I there's so many different. Uh, mm like levels you could go down through this because it's just like on every uh, in every aspect it it is kind of an addictive thing like it's it's sucking you in making you do it it's financially draining and you're constantly trying to so so you're kind of like you're sort of mimicking like gambling addictions true Uh, there's a lot of cultish aspects to it there's adrenaline addiction you're taking people's money yeah and you're and then you're and then you kind of are lying all the time so you know because you know you start to get into this thing like look at tea tree oil does not cure autism don't let anyone tell you that (laughs) that's no help your help your child and there are great doctors and and therapists that are are beneficial in their life don't rub tea tree oil in their fucking ears it's not it's but you i so you're lying you're saying things that aren't true because you don't have any scientific based proof about that statement but whether you know you're lying or you believe it, like, is it the George Costanza? Do you just yeah. believe your own shit and you're just right. you're just walking around town, just being like, "Hey, let's meet at Moxie's." You hear about tea tree <laughs> oil, and you're like, "Oh God, this is not worth a fucking appropriated enchilada." I'm gonna tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> but also, you get desperate too, right? Because you have to then make money. So, right. in a way, you might know that you're maybe doing something kind of bad to your friend, but hey, you don't know; they might do really well at this but you yeah. really need them to get into this business. You, yeah. You if someone to... like from high school that I haven't seen in 15 years reaches out to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Run away. One well, call. I know you're not successful. You are fucking desperate. Yeah. yeah. And I feel I terrible think... for you because you're in a very bad space. Yeah. But there's no real reason why you would ever contact me. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I have had people to sell me shitty products way. of shit that I don't want that's far too overpriced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to be like, and I also love like that's that's who you're dipping into. Oh boy, 
Yeah, you went through everybody. By you went through point. your whole family. If you're now like, hey, let's go through the graduating class of 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just looking up. You're just like, on. jokes on you. I'm broke as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that. That. that's also another reason why, why I'll probably never have to be started in one of these is because I'll never have the startup fee money. <laughs> startup fund. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. All right, Carla, maybe you can give us a, a fun little history story. Sure. Uh, it's interesting that we did, like, some of this psychology really works back into what this is. Can we talk about Tupperware? Yeah. Which, uh, yes, everyone has been to a Tupperware party. Well, everyone's mom, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say everyone's mom. We have not been to Tupperware parties. I have. I've been to a Tupperware party. Have I definitely, really? yeah, I have too. Yep. Yeah. What, what year was it? 1996 <laughs> okay <laughs> no i remember the ones i went to with my mom that was definitely in the 90s mm. and i actually remember it because i was like there's a store in this woman's house because <laughs> she'd set up all her tupperware everywhere for people to yeah. anyways i totally remember that no i went to one as as an adult like i was okay i was definitely in my 20s oh right okay okay less uh, than yeah. less than 10 years ago um, there you go. It's still going. It's still going. Oh, it's still going. Absolutely. For sure. So uh, it was actually invented. Tupper was invented by Earl Tupper. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's uh-huh. real original that's Earl. Real original. <laughs> um, so he decided that plastic would be something that would be uh, really interesting to work with in terms of like food containment or like bowls and that kind of thing. And at the po- at that point in uh, life history. This was in 1947. I was gonna say, I was that. like, how long has Tupperware been around? If he's like, yeah, sorry, I think plastic yeah. is gonna be the new thing. I know. <laughs> so yeah, like, sorry, this was hundred fucking years ago. <laughs> this is back in 1947, so just after World War II. So World War II, they used a lot of plastics in you know manufacturing truck parts, insulation for wiring, all that stuff, but. Plastic was not something that went to the commercial home market. You would, you had no. Can you imagine this? You had no plastic in your house. Oh my god, what would be so wild in nineteen? Like, and they're just like, I wonder why cancer rates have gone up. Because <laughs> we're why all the plastic. Are dying. No. Yeah, we're all huffing on Tupperware. We're just mm-hmm. microwave. Yeah, huffing microwave Tupperware fumes. <laughs> For our entire lives. Oh god, <laughs> they were taking cocaine and smoking, so everybody's got their own. Every look, cancer, everyone's got their vice. Thing. Yeah. No need to point fingers. <laughs> hey, huffing Tupperware is your thing. <laughs> they okay with me? So he managed to get uh, this polyethylene. Uh, he worked it into the it was, so it was an oily polyethylene, and you could put it into a mold. It was easy to mass produce. Uh, there, it came in like lots of different colors, like strawberry and like sapphire. And he made the Wonder Bowl, which is the linchpin of the Tupperware Ooh. world. So it was a bowl that was translucent like a milk glass. So I don't know if they mean just like it's just clear, like it's just clear, like a glass. Yeah, I had to translucent like a milk glass. There you go. I'm like, wrong century, guys. Uh, But it was more durable than any product. Like, it wasn't gloss, obviously. It also had this sealed lid. So before 
if you had like leftovers, people apparently would put uh, a shower cap over their leftovers. Oh, yeah, which is pretty handy, actually, quite frankly. That is, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, he started doing this. Um, He it was released in 1946, um, and it was widely praised by the plastics industry, but. You know, and it was this new technology. It was great, but it was not selling in department stores for many, many reasons. But one of them was that it was like too different than anything they've ever seen before. Right. This is not like a tech like us where we're like, what's the new technology this week? They were used to like bowls made of glass <laughs> or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Pottery, pottery uh- glass bowls, pottery bowls. <laughs> They don't know. <laughs> we don't. We don't live in that world anymore. Um, so, <laughs> so it was. It, and this was like a new material. So why would you want it in your house? It was also kind of confusing to use because you had to burp it to form a seal. Right. Uh, do you remember this? Yeah, you got to push down on the center of the the lid. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I don't think they don't have that anymore in Tupperware, but um, yeah. So so people were like, I don't know what this thing is. I don't know what this like this material is. And what are you doing with the lid? Okay, no. So he, you know, he tried to do in 1949. He tried to do a mail order catalog, but again, just too high tech and unusual. And people just did not have plastic in their homes. So <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Brownie Wise. Brownie wise. She was a former advice columnist and secretary. Uh, She was a divorced single mom. And she saw a really good opportunity. So she started her own Tupperware selling business called Patio Parties in the 1940s. And she recruited women to sell for her. I know. (laughs) I know. It's like, I want to fucking go to the 40s, a patio party. Like, I'm there. So much fun. I know. Think of the outfits. Oh, the hair. Okay. Anyways, um, she <laughs> got her sales strategy from a company, Stanley Home Products. But they would do instead of a demonstration of products, they would come directly to your house. You know, like the the stereotypical kind of guy salesman, the old the old traveling salesman who would come to your door and show you how to work a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Um. Instead, they would get these hosts, so just a random person. They would be supported by the dealer of the thing, and they would be throwing a party. It wasn't like a demonstration. It was a party. So <laughs> That's how you uh, sell product. You get people liquored I up. I know. Exactly. I'm all dinged up on fucking wobble bears. <laughs> um, and what, so, was, what, were, what was the medication? Like Stepford Wives? Oh, <laughs> like Quaaludes? <laughs> Quaaludes, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were on the Quaaludes. Oh, my God. They were so drugged up and drunk that they would have single-handedly probably just Purchased completely owned Tupperware. Dude, I long yeah. for that period of time when everyone was just had, like, pin curls and they were all fucking banged up on lewds. I would I live for that. <laughs> what a fun So this time. is kind of during an, an interesting time. <laughs> It'd be great to go back just- there. In a time machine for a week. Yeah. Just a week, though. Just a week. So this is post-World War II. So this isn't a weird kind of time where women went into work during the war because their husbands are off at fighting. And then then there was no employment opportunities after that. When they got back, they were like, all right, get back in the house. 
And then this was also oh, a time of like people moving to the suburbs. So the reason they're all on quaaludes is because it's fucking boring as shit. And they have no <laughs> like purpose almost in a way. Like you were cleaning the house and you were raising your children. Right. Um, and you could just so, so easily get quaaludes. <laughs> yeah, they were prescribed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and it was so easy to get them. Sorry, that's Murphy. What an asshole. I can't stop him. He's making a, his appearance. Yeah. You guys, hey, that's the beloved Murphy. He's not even anywhere near me. Appearance. This is why. Hey, Murphy. Welcome to the podcast, Murphy. Thank you for. Yeah, you fucking podcast. asshole. I'm going to sign you up for a goddamn pyramid scheme. <laughs> get him to sell Tupperware. I'm like, I'm going to recruit him to Arbonne, and he's going to be so pissed off. He's going to be very successful. To I'm not fair. even going to lie to you. Just him like putting products on people's faces with his paws <laughs> is oh, uh, the most oh. delightful image I've ever imagined. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In other news, I've started oh. my own Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not but it's, well, whatever. It's I am, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to start a Ponzi scheme. Fair, fair. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so, so uh, why is this? Uh, brownie brownie wise she recognized that this group was not only the customers this was also the this also could be a sales force because i don't know if this is still back in the time when like people didn't quite cotton on to the fact that like women were buying all the stuff and not men oh right so i think she a figured that out and then was b like oh wait i also you guys could sell stuff and so uh she would do like to keep them from being like board housewives. Yeah, exactly, and give them a bit of a purpose. Um, oh God, she would imagine like, like... the only purpose is like <laughs> slinging Mary Kay. <laughs> hey, I've like... been. I'm a. I'm a new mother this week. That's right. Everybody. Yes, to a, Carla to a puppy dog. has given Maybe. birth. <laughs> kind of to wee rebus. Wee rebus. Bobby, a tiny mini. Uh, dash hound um and so i've like not been able to work very much and like doing i can't really do anything but i'm like oh my god this is my life now i just care for this baby puppy and try to do the laundry (laughs) i'm like oh i have so much i'm so tired mentally i'm like oh i have so much more respect for people right (laughs) i feel like it's like having a toddler forgive me actual parents i'm sure it's nothing like that but puppies are a handful they are. I mean, he sleeps through the night, so I'm not exactly like roughing it real. But yeah, I I can see the the um, the appeal because also it, mm-hmm. it you know she kind of saw this as something where you would get um, you would get a sense of uh, you would get a sense of recognition for something. So you're what? selling this stuff, right? But also these parties sound like a freaking bowl of a time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they would do games and stuff she would throw one of these bowls around filled with grape juice around like someone's house uh, to show off the product show that it wouldn't break which would just cause me so much anxiety I would not be able to do that but oh my god could you imagine like people nowadays would call the cops if someone did that (laughs) they're like my white furniture oh my Um, god so in one week, this was 1949, uh, the Wonder Bowls were so successful that one woman sold 56 bowls in one week. 
And I Ooh. think I read and I didn't write it down. I think they were retailing for like five dollars with these people. Okay. So in that time, I think, or our money. So yeah, I mean, very interesting. Um so a lot of money. this was yeah, and the thing was the dealers were selling the product at retail prices, but Tupperware was only taking the uh the wholesale price of the item. So you were playing wholesale and then you were getting the retail price on top of it. Ooh. Uh, so again, just like what we talked about, you, know, you can make money. Um, they, again, this is, and I assume this is kind of where a lot of this came from. Tupperware would support them with de- developing their demonstration skills, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Wise ran a weekly newsletter for dealers touting positive thinking and you know that selling Tupperware was as much a lifestyle as a job right so I think it's this weird yes and so it's this weird thing where it's like and to be fair too like okay so um, because of this marketing model and it revolving around a person's social networks it actually meant that dealers included like rural and urban people black and white so it really like actually did kind of spread to quite a de- big demographic of people so it's re- this really weird thing where it takes advantage of women but gives them an opportunity and it's really confusing so um it kind of is confusing you're like do yeah. i like this or do i not it's very hard i mean like in a lot back then you really didn't have that many options but right so it was, um, it was actually a good option I guess so, yeah. Like, and if you, so sales... like, you'd be, like, a queen if you, like, sold Tupperware. Yeah. And so the sales hit $25 million in the 1950s. That's $230 million in 2018's money wow. for the company, for Tupperware. But here's the thing. So as of 1954, 20,000 people were in the network of dealers, distributors, and managers. Technically, none of these dealers were Tupperware employees. They were all private contractors. Oh, Right. So that's Yeah. Like so, it does that feels weird and bad in a way. Well so they weren't well that you know what though? You could you could say that now about Uber. Like yes, no exactly, one really exactly no, yeah. no one really it's a gig it's sort of gig economy where it's gig like economy, yeah. um you don't you're not getting any like benefits from this company. So now this company is actually mm-hmm. not even liable for you at all. Mm-hmm. Or your mm-hmm. vehicle or your like it's all your own insurance. You don't have like company benefits. You're basically just they're kind of just getting a free employee. And and like this is exactly what this is. It's totally free um especially marketing thing right and so sorry i did forget to mention she actually then got hired by tupperware to be the vice president of marketing um because she was doing such a good job selling their products and the product was not selling anywhere else like it wasn't selling in department stores it wasn't selling on like in catalog whatever magazine thingies so it's quite so she was just like a hardcore saleswoman yeah, and she made this whole, you know, like, it's almost like a social network too, right? Like, for these dealers and the support system, you know, again, annual retreats, awards, gifts. Um, there was also a weird kind of self-help rhetoric to this, you know. Right. I, for Especially for people who are like, I can't make any money. And, like, here's the thing. If you are a single woman, you can't get a job doing very much at all. 
So no, not right. back in that one day. of the only jobs that you could get. Yeah. So there was also the support system, like we talked about, of the other dealers. So, you know, you now you're part of something. It was compared to your religion. Uh, Wise would bring a black chunk of polyethylene, known as poly, to sales <laughs> rallies, and people were encouraged to rub it. Oh, okay. Mm. I wondered where that was problem. Gonna factor in. So this falls down on so many different things, but here's the problem for, <laughs> unfortunately, for Wise. So at the time, Wise was pretty much the only woman in corp- the corporate world, probably in America. So she had to really make up her own way. She wasn't, she didn't really have any peers in that sense. She didn't have any mentors. And right. so, of course, the men were like, mm, she seems a little overconfident with this stuff. Of and course, trying to shut a strong bitch down. Exactly. <laughs> and, she, you know, she's not recognizing that uh, Earl Tupper, his innovation with making this stuff. It's like, yeah, but you fucking tried to sell it and you couldn't sell it. So yeah, shut up. She, like, she's done you a service here. Yeah. I mean, if she didn't have that product, that specific product, she also wouldn't have done well. So um, they, they fought frequently each other. over. Yeah. So they fought frequently, of course, over the company strategy and management. Why would you just recognize that you needed each other and move on with your lives and keep going? But anyways, so in the 50s, uh, late 50s, Tupper wanted to sell the company. And he did not think it would be attractive to sell with an outspoken woman at the helm of sales. Oh, I hate your guts, (laughs) Earl Tupper. What a goddamn mistake. (laughs) And I also read, too, like, they didn't like her sort of more emphasis on femininity, even though their sole thing was selling to women. Oh, my God. So, and obviously the board was... That's not surprising, though. No. No. And so in January 1958, he and the all-male board fired (laughs) Wise. She did not have a formal contract, of course. So this woman that basically made them like $230 million in today's money, uh, like just got let go. She actually had to take them to court. She received a one-time payout of a year's salary of $30,000. Shut up. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tupper sold the company in 1958. So just after that, I think I have the amount that he sold it for. It was definitely not $30,000. Um, it was 16 million. So, yeah. Um, I'm just like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm just um, by this. So, Wise actually went to go work for cosmetic companies that used similar home parties. It didn't say which ones, uh, but it, it did say, she, unfortunately, she did not do very well with that. Right. Um, in 2016, though. Tupperware donated $200,000 so that a park could be renamed Brownie Wise Park. So everything is fine. <laughs> everything is great. Everything everyone's yeah. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a movement. I'm gonna start a I'm gonna wear a shirt that says Brownie Wise. Yeah. Bring uh, my people. So yeah, that's the I history mean, of Tupperware. That's the least they could do. <laughs> I'm gonna, I yeah, know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start At least a they mo- acknowledged her, but yeah, I mean that's that's terrible. But yeah, so that was, and it was all kind of within a decade, really, right? Like in the 50s, 50, 49 to sort of 58 is when they sold, so. Yeah. Right, that's crazy. And crazy. it's still going strong, apparently. 
And those were the years of like the cookie cutter houses and the wives, yeah. like, you know, like that, that, that era would have like really been perfect for that. So unreal. Good story, Carla. Thanks. Yeah. But the other thing with moving to the suburbs is that was like, that was their form of partying, right? Like that would have been the time where you have your own little parties so that it would be cool to have these little bowls or whatever. So. Yeah. You'd be like making jello molds and bringing them over. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's awesome. That's pretty dope. Lini, you got some, uh, you got some pairing for us this week. I do have a pairing. Well, a couple. Ooh. All right. Um, so I was originally going to talk about, um, everyone remembers Columbia House, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. The music. The CD game. club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it's not a pyramid scheme. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, only bought the album. It seemed right like or... a scam, but I guess it wasn't a pyramid scheme. I guess that's what I put. Like, if anything's a scam, I'm like pyramid scheme, pyramid scheme. Right. Yeah, I was. It definitely. Yeah, because I. That's what I thought it was. Like, I remember we there was a big Columbia House debacle in our house where they just kept sending us CDs yes. and trying to charge my dad. And my dad was like, "I swear to God, if you send me one more CD." <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember it was scam because you signed up for it, right? It was like ten bucks, and you got like uh, yeah. like a hundred CDs or something. Like it was yeah. crazy. I don't. Yeah, I don't it understand. was something. It was like um, CD, like a CD for a penny. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. I don't even know the point of it. I think it was to get like music out. Um, I don't know. There was some crazy contract. It was to get music out to like rural places and oh, all this stuff. I don't really know. Oh, so it was kind of a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't bad. But I, they folded, obviously, because I don't think they could keep up with Well, also giving away, like, 100 yeah. CDs to someone every month. Right. <laughs> Basically also, for yeah, we get $1. Our music online, so. Yeah, totally. So I um, I looked at a couple documentaries. Ooh. Um, there's quite a few on... Um, MLMs or pyramid schemes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I had recently watched, and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually finished it because we started a bit <laughs> early, and I was late. That was my fault. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Should have done this days ago. Um, so, do you guys remember like Herbalife? Herbalife. I only yeah, know it in yeah, terms yeah. of it being a scam. That's yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so this documentary, and I think you can get it on, you might have to pay for it. You can get it on like Google TV or whatever for like $2, but oh my God, is that a pyramid scheme? I know. I'm like, (laughs) are you trying to scheme us? Yeah. I'm like, Hey girls, (laughs) (laughs) if you only spend (laughs) $3,000, you can buy this nine documentaries. Herbalife documentaries. Mm. Okay, so this one was called uh, Betting on Zero. Oh, I've seen this. Right. Oh, it's very okay. famous. I haven't actually, I haven't yeah. seen the whole thing, but from what I did see, um, I mean, it's, I think, it's crazy I think and it's the, very sad. Yeah. I think that's my only reference to Herbalife. I think that's where I learned about it. So, 
Yes, please. Please oh, tell yeah. us. Yeah. Tell me because I have not so, seen it. Well, so it follows um Bill Ackman, who he's a billionaire in himself. He's a um he's a hedge hedge fund dude. Okay. Which right. can someone explain to me what a hedge fund is? No, I, don't. I think it's like, you know, a, a casino. I think it's like the person that works at the casino. A hedge fund The craps dealer? Uh, no, it makes more money that way. I don't know. I don't understand. Well, you know, like hedge fund, you think, I mean, they're billionaires and usually they're. I'm going to tell you guys what Brittany, Brittany, do you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're a mostly hedge- criminals. A Bernie will is... Google this for us. <laughs> I'm on Google. I'm on Google Patrol today. I'm actually real hot on the Google good, good. today. Good, um, good. A hedge fund good is a girl. pooled investment fund that trades in relatively liquid assets and is able to make extensive use of more complex trading, portfolio construction, and risk management techniques in an attempt to improve the performance, such as short term selling, leverage, and uh, diversities. Okay, so I don't know any. That didn't help. <laughs> Okay, so I see do this is what happens with me. Things. Like I'll read a definition, like the easiest, most layman's term definition, and I don't understand anything to do with finance or money. So I do know what it kind of means because I think I technically worked for one. Um, Please enlighten us. <laughs> I think it's where you like you get a bunch of people to put in money um, into an investment, and then you so you have this pool of money. So usually with like with some of our like a GIC or whatever, um, you're locked in for five years. You know, it's it's not as liquid. You can't just like take your money in and out. Yeah. So this is more that then the hedge fund manager, I believe is either the trader or works with the traders to make like quick sales. So this is oh, okay. like sells, um, you know, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, and you can do it really, really quickly. And so I believe they're kind of managing that fund and making sure that the traders are making a profit on the trades or, you know, most of the time scamming something and doing something illegal. Yeah, probably, but, probably but- often, more often than not, buying a building that is like at its lowest price and flipping it a year later or it's not even like it's no it's not even that it's buying stock in let's say grand marnier because we're using that in our drink that today okay and then oh. selling it um because you know you you're gonna invest in another like elon Major musk stuff. is a new product so you're gonna invest in that so that's what it is it's like oh okay it's gambling it's all it's gamble it's like high it's like billion dollar gambling Exactly, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Okay, okay. continue, Lini. Alrighty. Well, okay, so the documentary follows this billionaire gambler, Bill Ackman. <laughs> Who um, legal. legal says he's a hedge fund manager. <laughs> he does, but he's, it. yeah. <laughs> so Sorry, they're following him Mur- after Murphy, he Is came. Murphy our legal department? Yes, Murphy is the king of, did you say he's Murphy? the legal department. Yeah, yeah, Murphy's yeah. the legal department. We have a my dog bio up on the. Yeah, because all of our employees of our company. Oh, on the he website. is probably the CFO. He God, is. I really got to ask him about it. It's a shame that I tra- told him to shut the fuck up when he was barking. <laughs> he was probably trying He's to like, tell hedge me. Fund. I could tell you about hedge funds. He was probably trying to tell me all this stuff, but then I kicked him out of the room. All right, so okay, sorry, hedge fund, <laughs> this this guy, this guy. So Bill Ackman, whatever, this guy, 
Um, so it follows him after he takes a billion dollar short position in Herbalife. So basically, he was betting against Herb. I'm I'm saying Herbalife. Oh. Herbalife. No, I think um, it's herbal- oh. Herbalife. Yeah, it's her like herbal. Yeah, Herbalife. Oh, so essentially insider trading. Yeah, like alleging that it's a pyramid scheme destined to collapse. I do remember now not understanding what shorting means. <laughs> yeah. That so it, it means a big short. like betting against yeah. what you want so you can make money. Yes. Yeah. So, he so betting against the company. Um, and then I didn't finish the rest of the documentary, so... <laughs> I don't think it ends well. I don't know what happens to him, but it doesn't. <laughs> no, and well. what I what I have so, you know, seen, it's still around. It's still around, I think. So I probably run fine. Yeah, it, I mean, these companies have such staying power. Like they're sued and sued and sued, and they don't go anywhere because mm-hmm. they're they're worth billions and billions. They can, you know, pay out stuff or counter sue or whatever. Yeah, it's basically it follows the same kind of. Um, model as everything else like they were interviewing people that had kind of fallen into it and lost a lot of money because they couldn't keep right. up um some of the products uh expired so you, you have to have a certain oh. amount of inventory and if you can't sell it you need more inventory because it expires oh my god well and even if it didn't expire you're supposed to have it's something ridiculous like yeah like what you were saying with um uh te- what what were you talking about <laughs> tupperware like the inventory right you're supposed to, oh like yeah a, a startup fee like you're supposed to have yeah. that kind of amount of product or you're inventory supposed to you're supposed yeah to be, yeah so they were interviewing money. people um and they were actually, I think, in the middle of a class action lawsuit. Mm. And they were like, I have, like, my entire house is full of oh. Herbalife oh. products. Like, I'm broke. Yeah. I was already broke to start with. I was trying to make money. Mm. And, like, my garage is full. I can't push this product. I don't know anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's really, living. really, I'm... it was really, really sad. And that was only half a documentary. Right. Well, and it's also okay. So it's also a. I think it's like a weight loss product potentially. Like oh, I think yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a health and wellness. Yeah. Sorry, Britt. Oh no, that that I just remember. That's what it like was like. Oh yeah, I lost nine thousand pounds on Herbalife. Yeah. Another thing that'll suck me right into if it's if they're like it'll clear your skin up and you'll lose a hundred pounds. I'm like, oh, what? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so well, apparently it's still a company. The thing that's so crazy, though. Oh, sorry, Carla. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say it's still going as a company. It looks like it's obviously it's fine, you know, because these things. Yeah, but it's like, weird that it's also like die. They cannot die. They're like selling a, a dangerous product. Yeah, and so they're not only like like it's not even a good thing to be selling. I don't know. Anyways, it's fine. Well, I I don't even know that it's even dangerous because I think it's just like any other product you can get at Walmart that like is well, legal. Any of those, like, yeah. Like any of those, like those, what's those five minute caffeine pills that you can take? Oh yeah. The five minute, oh, energy, the five minute like, energy or whatever. 
and like I remember reading something from like a nurse in an emergency room. She was like, "Do not ever fucking take that stuff. Ever. Do not ever take it." And really? it's because like all that stuff is not re- like it doesn't. So any like herbal dietary supplements do not receive FDA approval. Um, I think with that stuff too, like yeah, it doesn't have any standards. It doesn't have to meet a standard of anything. No, right. I remember when I was landscaping, and we'd always go to the Safeway by our site. Um, mm. to get lunch or whatever. And I was in the energy drink section because I was like 23. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. And this guy came up to me and he looked young. Like he was older than me, but he was like probably in his 30s. And he's like, don't ever take this. He's like, I had a heart attack. Really? Yeah. Yeah. From all the, I mean, he must have been ta- like drinking a lot of it. Right. I never take no, that at work it's, too. It's not good for you. I took that five hour energy and I remember the, I was working with this mechanic and he asked me, he was like, please don't take that stuff anymore. You can't shut the fuck up and you already can't shut the fuck up. So he's like, yeah, like, just Brittany, you might as well just like do a fucking pile of cocaine. If you're going to yeah, do, do that. a bomb. Yeah, exactly. It's basically cocaine. It is essentially cocaine. Speaking of drugs. Um, <laughs> Speaking uh, of cocaine. Uh-huh. Uh, perhaps we can get into the cocktail. Yeah. Lena, what does an eight ball mean? Well, you sent it to me. No, I know, but what does an eight ball actually mean? Oh, like in real life? Like in yeah. like a a pool ball or like drugs? Oh no, I know what a pool ball is. Oh, an eight okay, ball the is, reason, okay. is a is cocaine. It's a certain amount of uh, cocaine. Right. Um oh yeah, okay. So I kind of found this one. The reason is is that an eight ball um is one of the forms of a pyramid scheme oh you, you could call it but i mean like also if yeah if you put all the pool balls and you line them all up in like your little triangle thing it looks like a pyramid scheme so um yeah do you want me to talk do you want me to do the ingredients or um yeah i can do it if you, yeah. <laughs> if you got them i've never had this sure. drink um so it is oh, i hate when they do this 30 milliliters. Oh, I don't know what yeah. that means. What does that even Damn mean? Damn it, guys. Uh, uh, Bacardi light rum. 15 milliliters of Grand Marnier. 30 milliliters of tequila. Oh, 30 God. milliliters of pineapple juice. 30 milliliters of lime juice. And a dash of sugar syrup. I do like pineapple juice in a drink. It's just... Dude, it's so refreshing. Yeah. This almost sounds like something that that bitch would mix up in that bowl and sell to everyone. I know. <laughs> like it like, sounds Look, it doesn't so good. spill. <laughs> so you add, uh, you half fill a cocktail shaker with ice. You add ingredients and shake, and you strain it into a rocks glass with a little ice. Dude, it um, looks so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't have, have time it? to make it. I've um, never had it. I've not had it yet, but I'm gonna make. I guess my... it's the color of cocaine. Is that... it is. You, it's certainly white, yeah. Is it white? <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I mean, as much as... Uh, Grand Marnier in there, too. Like, I love... I don't know about you guys, but I love mm. Grand Marnier in stuff. Which is an orange... It's liqueur, an orange-flavored right? liqueur, but there's something that, like... I mean, like, it, Grand Marnier, like, sort of makes a cocktail sometimes. Because it, it's essentially, like... I mean, it's kind of like triple sec, I guess. But it's, like, it's a French liqueur, yeah. and the brand was... Belf- it's, like... It's it's won a lot of awards and it's just nice and 
um, been around since 1880. Oh, and it has that little red ribbon thing that makes it feel very special. It looks so special. Tie. It does look like a president. (laughs) Um, Yes. Actually, do you guys know what's in uh, Grand Marnier? It's a blend of cognac, brandy, distilled in bitter orange and sugar. So Grand Marnier is actually not, it's not, it is like a, it is an orange liqueur, but it's brandy, cognac, and in the, like a ton of sugar, which is not something I knew. No, I don't think I knew that. Um, I don't know what I thought the orange was coming from because <laughs> alcohol doesn't taste like orange. Yeah, or I like but... in my head I just was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just let oranges rot, and we've got Grand Marnier. They're like, no, it's brandy. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, brandy is kind of, I guess, orangey kind of ish. I don't know. I haven't had brandy in a very long time. Um, well, I, I guess either. I have it a bunch if I if I have Grand Marnier all the time. I mean, I have yeah. I just have Grand Marnier at home, and then when someone comes over and they want like a nice drink, I'm like, "How about a blueberry tea or like a?" But now this eight ball, oh, nice. I feel like this is like yeah. this is kind of a summery drink. This would be nice for the um. I patio think so season. with the with the pineapple juice and the the light rum and the tequila. Oh God, so- I my obsession with tequila lately has been off the hook. <laughs> Really? I do like it. Yeah, just I like I like a margarita more than I ever have. Like it's pretty. It's such a recent thing for me. Like I Margaritas not that I didn't really like good. it. It's like just that. I'm, salt I'm like in the moving line. into the Britney world. I'm into the vodka now. I'm like, well, I also just have a lot of Caesar stuff to to make in my house at the moment. So, um, yeah, I've been I've been going. I'm usually a tequila. I like a margarita, but yeah, we're switching. We're switching. Yeah, we've we've we switched worlds, which is we've sold <laughs> yeah, each other. Actually, true. Yeah. You're in Vancouver. I'm here now. I have a dog. You don't have a dog because he's in Calgary. Yeah, um, and I'm just here complaining about the weather and my car getting smashed into. <laughs> That's my whole life now. Um, uh, speaking Cooper, of which, be nicer to Brittany. It's like a Freaky Friday situation here. It is, mm-hmm. and Carla's mm-hmm. just like, it's actually really nice here. I'm like, is it, Carla? Is it nice in Calgary? Um, <laughs> Like, I haven't seen the sun in 30 days. It was beautiful today. It was, yeah. It was beautiful here. It was very foggy in the morning, but it was. It ended up being a beautiful day. I did go stand out on the beach uh, while I was on the uh, phone with the police department, and I honestly did, and I'm not saying this facetiously, I took a moment and I was like, this is actually really pretty. <laughs> yeah. You do kind of have to do that in Vancouver, because you forget a lot of the time how pretty it is while you're stuck in traffic. And or, you can't. Yeah, you just got to look then, up. You go like hey, every so often you'll like come over. I mean, that's if it's not pouring rain and you can see anything. Ooh, yeah, today was not one come of those days. <laughs> the sun shone through the window today, and I just yeah. stood in the window and pressed my face against it, and then it went away. So I just got back in the bathtub. I was like, back to the tub. <laughs> oh, oh my god, which, that's the perfect description. The safety pod. Oh my god, <laughs> this has been a fun podcast. Um, yes. I've learned lots. I feel we've uh, we've we've been through a lot of emotions. We've been on a journey uh-huh. together. I think we should start our own cult. Quite frankly, I think so. I think I. And if you want to join that bossy. cult, you can go over to Life Pairings Podcast <laughs> at www.lifepairingspodcast.com and join our Patreon. What do you get? Is it cream? No. Is it lotion? Mm, no. But it is. Is it bonus cocaine? Episodes. No, it is it is no. cocaine. I'll drop cocaine off at your house. Yeah, <laughs> it is, no, it it's, is coke. It's it's yeah. it's content. 
Yes. We are a content-based uh, MLM. <laughs> uh, and we'd love for you to join the Patreon. And, so recruit uh, all your homies. Stuff over there. Yeah. We do have different levels. So call so all your friends kind of... and tell them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. Oh, and, uh, you and if you recruited wanna... me into an MLM. We did. Oh, yeah. God. I'm going to end up with like this. 17 different hosts. I'm going to jail. <laughs> uh, We're all going to jail. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys very right. much for listening. We love you very much. Thank you. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.